Hey everyone, welcome to Founders Fireside Chat, the show where we meet the next generation of startups and the founders behind them. Today we meet Jake Berry, the co-founder of Cardea. Cardea is a job search platform that creates carefully curated job playlists for individuals during their recruitment process. I had a great time talking with Jake and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jake, thanks for coming on. Can we start with a brief description of yourself and Cardea? Yeah, I'm Jake. I I grew up in New York City, Um, you know, actually, you know, in Hoboken, New Jersey for for most of my life. But I was always in school in New York Um, and then eventually moved into Manhattan, lower Manhattan, um, early in high school. Um, I was, you know, preoccupied most of my life with athletics. I was a soccer player and a wrestler, Um, graduated high school and then got recruited to wrestle at Stanford. So I went all the way um, West Coast and you know, completed my, my career over there, um, just wrapped it up. Um, they actually just dropped their program, which is you know, a, a sad day for the sport of wrestling and for Stanford. So a little plug there, hopefully we can save Stanford wrestling. Um, yeah, but then uh, you know, started this, this company late in college with a couple of buddies and then um, we're all from New York, so we moved back to New York, and um, we've just been hitting it as hard as we can here. Um, and so, uh, you know, as simply as I can put Cardea, um, it's the most intuitive job finding platform yet. Um, and then, you know, even simpler than that, um, what we like to call it is is Spotify for jobs, right? And what that means is is we've curated a bunch of different playlists right now, only in startups and tech. Um, but that revolve around some sort of interest point, right? Um, kind of like a Spotify playlist. So you can see some are sustainable tech or um, unicorns or backed by the best, which are you know all startups that are um, backed by you know high caliber VC firms. Um, or they can be as as weird and wonky as like um, last minute internship for the procrastinating student, right? And the, and the beauty there is is that there can be a playlist for anything, right? As long as there's an audience. Um, there could and should be a playlist for it um, because it's solving somebody's needs. Um, then eventually we, we kind of want to open it up to more of a marketplace idea where, um, you know, others can create their own personal playlists and publish them on the, on the website, right? And so if you are super interested in ed tech, for example, or, or seed stage ed tech companies, right, you can um, kind of curate your own. Here's my, you know, Steve's favorite seed stage ed tech companies, publish it on the site, promote it a little bit, you know, show your friends, um, all, all that sort of stuff, right? And dominate that niche on your own. Um, and so that's where we see it heading in the future, but ultimately it's, it's really focused around these highly curated um, playlists that, that are really um, of value for a job seeker. Yeah, super interesting and really helpful background. Um, I guess starting in the beginning, could you kind of take us through the journey of starting Cardea? What did that look like? Yeah, yeah, totally. So. Um, it kind of, the, the genesis was really when, uh, myself and, and my fellow co-founders at the time, we were just kind of talking with each other cause we were looking for our, um, senior year internship. Um, all we knew is that we both wanted to work in, um, New York city. He wanted to work in venture capitalism. I wanted to work in consumer facing mid-sized tech company somewhere in that area. Um, and we were like, you know, it, it was difficult. It was difficult to find the, the companies that we wanted to apply to outside of whatever LinkedIn promoted that day. Um, And so we were like, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if there was just a list of this, right? Just a list of VC firms in New York City that are, you know, accepting internships, right? And that's kind of 
where it started. Um, and so, you know, we did some research into the space, you know, that didn't really exist anywhere outside of maybe like a business insider article that was like VC firms in New York, you know, kind of stuff that um, vaguely captures what you're trying to do, but, but definitely nothing around focused or focused around getting a job there. Um, and so we saw that kind of space for us to, to make a mark. Um, and then from there, we, we knew that that was something that we wanted to do. Um, one reason is that, you know, we've always wanted to start a company together and we, this is not our first iteration of a product. Um, it's the first one that we've actually um, taken beyond inception. Um, but, you know, we were always talking about what could we do, what issues could we solve. And so when we kind of came up upon this and talked to some other people and, and heard that, you know, the response that this would be something that was really cool, um, we decided to run with it. And what did that process look like when you were kind of feeling out the idea um, to really uh, make that switch into turning it into a reality? Um, I, I really think that a lot of our kind of issues were solved by the fact that we, we wanted this, right? We wanted to make it a reality. Um, and one thing you learn in startups is you, you just have to start. Um, and so once we started, it, it snowballed a lot, right? You, you know, you're bouncing ideas off of each other, right? Once we had the initial, um, you know, curated playlist idea, I think everything um, after that came pretty easily, right? Because we were essentially just solving an issue for ourselves. Um, the next step was to, to actually go out and build it. And so um, my co-founder, Kai, um, he, he met someone at Oxford where he was that was a, a, an engineer and, and was open to helping us build this and, and grow this company. Um, and so then we just started building it um, from there. And that was really the first step. And once you started building it, what did you feel like was the most important piece of the business to get right first? Yeah, so I think that there were two in the, in the very beginning. Um, the first is actually building the product, right, which I just talked about, um, which, you know, I'm not an engineer, but uh, was pretty exciting and fun, right, uh, to, to kind of build a product that is meant for you. Um, the second part was actually getting jobs onto the platform in an organized and curated manner. Um, and that was our biggest problem at first, for sure. Um, our initial idea was that we would just fake it till you make it, manpower, um, take jobs that we see online and then, you know, put them manually onto the platform and do this until companies would start paying for us. Um, I think it was within the first hour that we started doing that, that we realized that was entirely unsustainable and we needed to come up with another solution. Um, and so that was kind of where we had to really, you know, that was our first big hurdle. And then we, we ultimately found the solution, um, that you could scrape companies jobs from their applicant tracking system, um, directly onto your site. So not manpower. Um, and, and that was like a huge revelation. And then we were like, okay, we're running again. It's really interesting. You touched on kind of some of the, the pain points early on, um, you know, could you go into a little bit more detail on those and kind of how did you get past them? Um, and what was your approach once you uh, kind of stumbled upon those obstacles? Um, I think it was just research, right? Um, we're not reinventing the wheel necessarily. Um, we're not, you know, doing any sort of deep tech that requires stuff that's never been done before. So I think that the biggest thing um, and our response to this roadblock was just to research um, to see how other companies do it um, uh, and solutions do it because, you know, there are plentiful, you know, recruitment solutions out there. Um, 
many of which that also scrape. And so once we kind of realized that um, that's how they do it and it's not just magic and they don't have all of these companies posting to them all the time, we realized that we can kind of emulate that um, and, and use that for our own model. And you've touched on it in the past, but really when it comes down to it, how do you think you differentiate from those competitors? Um, I think that one of the biggest ways, kind of like in, in an overarching sense, is our focus on the user. Um, most incumbent platforms right now, you know, LinkedIn, Indeed, Handshake, the ones you haven't heard of, they're, they're kind of satiating the company's needs in a lot of ways. Um, they're, they're disregarding the actual user experience for a lot of the times monetization, right? And if you look at LinkedIn, for example, um, you know, their model is a pay-per-click model, which inherently incentivizes them, you know, shoving jobs in front of as many eyeballs as possible so that those people, you know, see it, click on it, and then they get paid 10 cents every click. Um, what we're trying to do really is think of the user first, right? And, and it's, you know, generally pretty easy for us because we are that user. Um, but we're, we're ultimately really trying to make sure that we can solve the problem that we're solving, which is this discovery problem, right? How can we show um, new and interesting companies and, and job opportunities to a user that's looking for it, right? How can we get rid of um, the tons and tons of noise that job seekers experience whenever they go and look for a job, right? And really allow them to hone in on whatever areas of interest that they have. And I guess, how did you realize what users wanted? Obviously, you were, I guess, a user yourself going through the same um, journey. So what were you looking for to specifically improve within the experience? Um, the first thing that we did was, um, aside from just think about it on our own, was, was talk to our friends and our network and, and people in the same position that we are. Um, even if they have a job, they've looked for a job before, right? And just ask them those series of questions, just in a casual conversation, like what pisses you off the most? What would you like to see improved? Um, things along that, those lines. Um, and, and, you know, one of the big things that I just talked about, right, is, is noise. Um, there's just so much, no so many different companies are, are thrown in your face, um, but there's no context to them. Uh, the ones that you do have context to are generally companies that you've already heard of, right? So, you, you know, um, we see this, this thing where, a lot of the times applications are aggregated at the top two or three companies per industry. Um, and that's because those companies have really high brand awareness. Um, and so ultimately we want, what we wanted to do was be able to provide, you know, new and interesting companies that you might not have heard of, but that would be, you know, good places to work, right? And so a lot of that is providing context to the companies you're seeing. And we do that through the playlists. Um, if you're in an ed tech playlist, like I mentioned before, um, you know that all of the companies that are in there, um, even if you've never heard of it, is ed tech, right? So it, it allows you to really see the, the new companies in a different way rather than skipping over, skipping over, skipping over. There's Instagram. I know what Instagram is. I know that's a good company. I'm going to apply there. Definitely. Sounds really interesting. And you mentioned the pay-per-click model that most people are using right now and how there's uh, some disadvantages with using that approach. How are you thinking about um, approaching the monetization? So I think that mainly it'll be, you know, always through the businesses, um, but rather than pay-per-click or allowing companies to pay to post to our playlists, um, we're going to allow companies or restrict them in some senses, but allow companies to directly source or directly post to a user's inbox instead. Um, and so to explain that a little further, what we 
are trying to preserve is this idea of an objective curated list. Um, we think that if we allow companies to pay to post to be on a list, um, that list becomes cloudy again, right? So a company that we've never heard of that wants to just put up money and, and get themselves on that ed tech list, um, we don't want to allow them to do that because that inherently lowers the value of that, that curated list for those that are looking in ed tech. Um, so what we're gonna do instead is say, hey, um, company X, right? You're looking to, you're, you're an ed tech company looking to hire somebody that wants to work for you, right? Here's a list of everybody that's interested in ed tech that's on our platform and you can send a direct um, job posting to their inbox or, or their playlist, if you will, their personal playlist. Um, so in that sense, right, we're, we're still allowing the playlist to be highly curated um, and highly valuable and still allowing companies to find, you know, the people that, that they want to reach based on who they think would be interested in working for their company. Kind of switching gears. Um, I want to understand how you guys are approaching finance um, and maybe what are some lessons learned along the way? Yeah. Um, so we actually just wrapped up our extended pre-seed round. Um, I think going back to the beginning is the, the best way to go about it. It was in summer was when we were really starting to think about funding, um, summer of 2020. Um, we were lucky enough to get introduced to a, a, a fellow founder um, who's, you know, experienced. Um, and he, he took an interest in us, which was, you know, a blessing that we didn't realize yet. Um, but he essentially was like, okay, it's time to raise. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my network of, you know, friends and angels and other founders and execs at different companies. Um, and we knew that we wanted to go the angel route, um, at least for our pre-seed round. Um, I, I think that taking institutional money too early puts a little bit of pressure on you to, to monetize. And we knew that we wanted to keep building for a little bit longer. Um, and the second um, reason we were so interested in angels is because, um, you know, we can get a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different people on our team per se. Um, especially since we're young founders, it's really valuable to have um, people that have been there before kind of pushing you in the right direction and, and allowing you to bounce ideas off of them or, or, you know, bounce strategies off of them and kind of be there for you um, in multiple different facets, right? And so we have, you know, design leads and we have, you know, former founders and we have um, VP of sales here and, you know, really all over the map. So when we, you know, need to, to get some feedback on something or, or need some direction on a certain part of the business, we can easily just go to someone who's already, you know, interested in what we're doing and incentivized to help us. And then, you know, now, so we, we raised this round. Um, I think the biggest lesson, and it's something that you and I talked about, you know, right when we got on the call is this network spider web effect. So um, from that initial network, not everybody invest, invested. Um, but what did happen and, and what surprised us was that um, somebody that didn't invest would still introduce us to somebody that he thought might be interested. And then she would introduce us to another person that, that she thought might be interested. And then that third degree um, ended up investing, right? And so it's really not a formulaic timeline like we thought it would be. It, it was more just getting introduced to the next person, to the next person, to the next person who ended up being a good fit and wanted to invest. Um, and, and so that was probably the biggest lesson that we learned is, is really just um, have the conversation. Fundraising takes up a lot of time, um, which can be good and can be bad. Uh, but, but I think it's, especially when you're really early, it's worthwhile to have that conversation because you don't know where that can take you. Um, some of our best investors, 
um, you know, in, in the sense that they've helped us out the most are people that were third, fourth, fifth degree removes from um, our initial introductions. And, and it, we're so happy that we've, we've met them because it's taken the business, you know, that much farther and in and, and directions that we wouldn't have gotten to if we hadn't been introduced to them. Like we were talking about earlier, I think that network effect is so interesting and obviously was really successful in, in you guys raising money. And it's definitely a common thread I've noticed with founders is when they're looking for those investing partners, it's more than just the capital. It's what type of relationships they bring, what type of perspectives and experience they bring. Um, so that's interesting that you touched on that. And I guess uh, you, you, know, you knew that you wanted to approach angel investors at first. When do you see yourself um, making that switch to bring on more institutional investors and maybe not a timeline, but what stage of the business do you think is best for you to start going that route? Um, so actually, I, I can give you a timeline because we have it pretty planned out. Um, you know, nothing goes to plan, but it, you should at least plan for it. Um, but so what our plan is, is we've, we've gotten ourselves this 18 months of runway or so. Um, maybe we'll use a little less than that, but our, our plan is to publicly launch um, Q3, end of Q3 of 2021, maybe September or so. And then we want to gain a little bit of traction. We have a launch strategy ready to go. That's, you know, it's in the works, but we think it'll, it'll do well. And then um, once we have a little bit of traction, a little bit of noise, we're planning to raise in, in Q4 of 2021. Um, and that's when we want to raise a, a true seed round we want to bring into institutional investors in, um, and then once we do that, you know, that then it's like really we can take off. Yeah, that's exciting. Definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, kind of switching gears here. How have you approached uh, attracting top talent? I understand, you know, being an early stage company, uh, maybe not a ton of cash. Uh, sometimes that can be difficult. So what's what's been your approach? Well, first and foremost, you know, I keep going back to this idea of this, the network spider web. But again, it really is relevant in so many different aspects of a startup. Um, we are, as a team, we're lucky enough to, to have pretty robust networks. I went to Stanford, my you know, fellow co-founder co -founder went to Oxford. Um, another one went to Kenyon College, which is you know, a great liberal arts school. Um, and so the first thing that we did was reach out to our, our schools um, and, and see you know, who we could meet. Um, and, and, again, it's just kind of getting in the room with somebody, right? And so um, the idea, we had to learn it, but the idea wasn't pitch the first person you meet. The idea is to hold the conversation, um, make it casual, you know, get to know them a little bit, sell them on the vision and make them want to work for you in a sense, right? Um, I think that, you know, pretending that you're in some sort of position of power and that you're a founder of a startup and this person should want to work for you, um, doesn't work. And I think it especially doesn't work when you're trying to recruit, you know, highly qualified talent, um, someone you'd want working at your, your startup. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of having the conversation with as many people as possible um, and having that person introduce us to the next person. Um, ultimately, that's how we found our CTO um, was we, we were, you know, talking in our Stanford, my Stanford network, um, you know, talked to one guy who introduced us to another guy who um, put it in a, a computer science group chat. One kid reached out, uh, or more than one reached out, but you know the the, the one reached out, uh, and it was about a you know two or three month um, kind of process where we just got to know him a little bit. He was at SpaceX at the time, um, and you know we would just talked to him. We got we connected with him, you know, made him feel a part of the team, um, and then really talked about 
you know, would he want to join our startup? And, and thankfully he did. Super interesting. And how do you approach, you know, I know each company is different, but for you, your next big hire, how do you think about that? What, what specific, uh, you know, uh, piece of the business you need to build out? So we are hyper-focused right now on building out our engineering and product team. Um, we have three engineers right now, two full-time, one part-time, um, and that's just not enough. And so, you know, to be building at the speed in which we want to be building at, um, and not to mention that our, our engineers are like badass, they're the best, um, but, you know, we need more support. And so it's kind of looking at what part of the business needs the most help and support. Um, a lot of the times in early stage software startups, it's going to be engineering. Um, uh, and so that's where we are right now. And then, and then once we have the product built out and we kind of feel out what exactly is happening um, with our startup, right? Are we getting traction? Do we need to invest more in marketing? Um, are we getting a ton of traction that we don't need a marketer and, and we, we need another salesperson to start talking to companies? Um, I don't know yet, right? And it's kind of in response to what may come up in the next eight or nine months. But right now we're focused on getting engineers. Okay, kind of switching gears to a little bit more high level. What excites you most um, about, about Cardea? I think first and foremost, um, that we're trying to make the job search a more pleasant experience. Um, and this goes back to what I, I talked about before briefly, um, where a lot of the existing platforms are at the expense of the job seeker, right? And they're kind of on the side of the company because that's where the money is, is actually at. Um, but we're, we're doing everything we can to, to just make it incrementally better for somebody that's looking for a job. That's already a stressful thing to do, right? It's already a, a tough time uh, period in your life, wherever you are, whether you, you got laid off or you're just exiting college, it's stressful. It's a big decision. Um, I, you know, I think right now, a lot of the existing platforms are archaic. I'm not sure, you know, I don't have too much against LinkedIn, um, but it looks like it was made in 2004, you know, design wise, right? And we're a new generation of um, digital natives that have grown up on the internet, right? Uh, you know, we appreciate something that is easy to use and, and looks good, right? I think those are small little details um, that compounded with each other can go a long way. Um, and then also what I talked about in the sense that we're, we're not trying to, um, you know, make more money at the expense of the user, right? We're still trying to make sure that we're the best user product out there. Um, and then once we can aggregate, you know, users, we can, we can then parlay that to companies. Um, a second little thing is, is also that that's really cool about Cardea is the, um, flexibility of the product. Um, we have different playlists that essentially act as their own little mini product. Right. And so our FinTech playlist, um, you know, can be a FinTech job board completely on its own, right? And so we get to really dive into a ton of different industries and a ton of different niches and even sub-niches on top of that for like a day, two days, a week, um, you know, find the best companies, find the people doing cool things in there, put it together um, and then get it live on the site and, and reach out to people that we think that would be um, enticing to, right? So we kind of get to like dip our toes in, in tons of different um areas, which is, is super cool, right? Because um, if you're, for example, you know, excited in, in cryptocurrencies, right? If we, you know, we can just dive into cryptocurrencies really, really deep for a week, right? And, and generate three lists or, or two lists or whatever it may be. 
um, get to know the space really well, get to know the players really well, um, and then kind of, you know, retract a little bit and go back to the higher level view and, and, and see where else is in need, right? What other markets um, kind of need, you know, an updated set of lists and, and stuff like that. So I think it's cool to just be able to be flexible like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Super interesting. Um, so now I want to dive into something that I call the fast five, which is the last five questions that I ask every single founder. Uh, really interesting to hear, you know, each individual take on it. So starting with number one, what's the most important piece of advice you would give a fellow entrepreneur? Um, just start and, and do right. And I've referenced this a bunch of different times, um, you know, so far in the, in the chat, but for example, if, if you speculate too long, you know, you might just start it, you know, when you finally do start it, um, it might not go to plan at all. Right. And, and you might have to completely throw out what you've thought about for the last two months and then, you know, find a new solution. So I think the, the quicker that you can just start and test something out, um, the, the better it'll bode for you in the future. What's a tool that every entrepreneur should implement in their company? Um, some sort of workflow management tool. So we use Jira um, from Atlassian. It's just, you know, one of many. Um, but I think this is especially important because when you're an early stage startup, there's so many different uh, avenues that you can go that are enticing at the time. Um, and you really have to do a good job. You have to commit to staying focused on what actually is going to advance your business further in the, in the way that you want it to. Um, so it's easy to kind of fall into the trap of, of working hard, but working hard in an undirected manner. So I think if you can, um, you know, utilize a workflow flow tool like Jira, um, really plan out the steps, you know, look at the long-term vision and then break that down into smaller tasks and then be able to track what kind of tasks you're actually getting done, what you're pushing off. I think it gives you a lot of clarity and it, it gives you a lot of direction, which is um, really important in, in the early stages. What's the most important KPI you track and why? For us right now, it's engagement. Um, so again, we have that beta out um, and we're, we're just seeing how people take to it, right? How long they stay on the platform, um, how often they come back and, and you know, this, the longer lifespan at which they keep coming back to the platform. Um, I think that's important right now because, you know, and like I've talked about already, like we have so much in our head um, and, and so many places that we wanna go that we need to make sure that we're still um, providing value for the job seeker. Um, and I think the metric that, you know, kind of answers that the most is engagement, right? If they keep coming back, that means that you are providing value for them. So, you know, as long as that's ticking upwards, um, we know that we're doing a good job and that we have something on our hands here. Who's another founder that you view as a personal mentor? You know, so uh, it's really cool to, to be a founder in a startup because you meet so many people. Um, I, I hope that even when, when, COVID ends that I'll get to meet more people. Um, but one that stands out in particular is this guy, Omar Haroon, who was that initial advisor that took an interest to us. Um, and, and, you know, he, so he's founded a company um, called Text IQ, which is a really cool AI company based in um, Silicon Valley. Um, but he really goes out of his way to make sure that I'm doing well, that the team's doing well, that we know what we're doing, that we know what our next set of goals are, that our next month, our next six months, um, and really kind of, you know, keys us in on all those little tips that he's learned over the, you know, his 20 year career, um, building several startups. Um, and so I think just being able to rely on him 
a little bit in, in the sense, right? Like, what, you know, not having to Google everything that comes across my mind, um, but actually talking to someone that's been there um, and someone that, you know, I know is deeply on my team is, is really important. Pitch your company in 30 seconds. If I had to break it down to a word, it would be discovery. Um, and, and what I mean there is just allowing people to discover new jobs and companies that interest them, right? Where they feel that they can have an impact um, and, and doing so in a manner that is much faster um, and, and headache free. And that's, I think, one of the most important things, right? Um, and it goes back to, to what excited me, right? Finding a job is tough. Um, you have to do a lot of research. You have to, you know, learn a lot about yourself. You have to think about your future a lot. Um, I think that every place that Cardia can kind of alleviate that pressure and that headache um, is going to be really respected by the user. And so um, we emphasize headache free as well. All right. That's all I have. Um, it's been awesome being able to talk with you. I think that you guys are, yes. yeah, you guys have a really interesting approach to a somewhat stagnant industry. So um, I'm really excited to see where you guys go, but thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was you know, fantastic. I, I'm a big fan. Thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe to stay on top of the latest episodes. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking you along the next fireside chat. Mm-hmm.